now what we will do is we will continue with the sri sai satchantra that is the greatness of the guru we will continue with the chapter which we started yesterday that is chapter 32 we had left at verse 96 so we will continue from 97 whatever happens happens by god's will it is he who raises you up or brings you down it is he who fights or makes others fight he alone is the doer and the impeller of all actions now this particular line is a very dangerous line to understand so you will say i can go and kill 20 people and god has done gone and done the killing the government is going to catch you okay the police is going to catch you it's not going to catch god and he is not going to be going to jail you are going to go to jail <laughs> so end of the day responsibility everything happens under his domain see in india there is a prime minister now somebody is killing somebody can you say that the prime minister of india has killed no i'm sorry he is not responsible there is an individual who has killed another individual or somebody has caused riots or somebody has caused stone throwing or whatever whoever is responsible for that he is doing under the ages under this particular domain of this country who which is run by a prime minister correct so in the same way look at these words whatever happens happens by god's will in this country whatever that happens happens because of this government that is there which is running this country it is he who raises you up or brings you down again whatever that may happen here can give you like your salary your your taxation every other thing is it not because of that tomorrow if somebody takes away your passport you will be without a country you agree with me they can make you a persona non grata immediately they will say you don't belong to this country so you don't belong to anybody unless and until you have some multiple passports with you so it is he who fights and makes others fight he alone is the doer and the impeller of all actions actions happen under his domains the leaf moves under his domain the leaf moves if you remember there was one verse we had done in that verse it was mentioned the sun rises because of the fear of god the moon rises because of that the wind blows because of fear of god correct you must have these words we had already done before so it means that under his jurisdiction everything happens under the jurisdiction of god everything happens got it so this is what it means so impeller of actions everything happens under his jurisdiction reposing all the powers of action in the swami's hand the devotee is humility itself devotees are always in the power of god they have no independent existence of their own now this is another line which you should be very careful with the devotee he doesn't have a anything of his own by the way a devotee is a person who has 100% faith in the divine second he has surrendered to the divine he is at the feet of the lord so where is the question of having your own will you don't have a will that devotee doesn't have a will of his own he is working under the guidance of the lord alone so he is like a katputli he is like a 
marionette. So he will raise his hands when God raises his hands. He is like this, like this. He is behaving exactly like a katputli. So everything what God wants him to do is being done through that person. So it's like a machine. He works like a machine. Ramakrishna Paramahansa had said these words, "Ma, you are the operator, and I am only the machine." Correct. So this is exactly how a devotee behaves. So devotees do everything under the power of God. They have no independent existence of their own. So where is the question of having their own independence existence? They don't have an ego because they have surrendered. They don't have a they, you know they don't have anything which is called a doubt about the guru or God. So what has happened? They have complete faith in Him. So those who have complete faith and those who have completely surrendered are in love with God. that person is a devotee of the lord but as far as those four learned ones when they had been searching for had not been disclosed so far so now listen to its clarification they were all rigid rigidly ritualistic scholars of veda and carried a secret conceit about their great learning while rattling away their bookish knowledge the subject of god came up their intention was to see that with all their learning how and in what way by what means or plan they could meet god as quickly as possible sri sai too was a one among these four when he was renunciation and discriminating knowledge incarnate and the parabrahma himself why did he assume such lack of discrimination the listeners may well raise this doubt discrimination knowing the real from the unreal don't forget those words but all this was for the instruction and the guidance of the people how can it then bring any imperfections to sai samarth the redeemer of all devotees sometimes the sages the lord himself when he comes he behaves literally like a foolish person he behaves like a child or he behaves like a demon you will find that even when shri ram had come down to earth was he not crying for his wife he was so he does didn't he behave like a normal human being yes krishna also he also felt very bad when things were going wrong with his entire family at prabhasa so he was sitting in the same way what happens is ram krishna parmahansa went for the funeral of one of his very dearest devotees he also cried over there same way sai baba also did the same thing when megha died didn't sai baba go for his funeral and he cried over there so you will see you know that these sages also they show a lot of human nature in that thing so at such point in time we may think that the lord who is human being he is like a human being and you think that oh he is he is having his own problems see he is creating mistakes he is such a um, uh, simple person he is not the lord he is creating mistakes over there that is the reason why uh, we we stop believing in him that is where the problem lies faith goes out of the window so at such point in time this happens but why are they doing like this there are certain lessons and there are certain things that are being taught at that point in time you have to understand that there are certain lessons being learned so you will find them behaving in a very foolish manner sometimes it is nothing but what is called as an enactment they are enacting a role that is why they do like that so 
The listeners may well raise the doubt, but all this was for the instructions and the guidance of the people. How can it be then bring any imperfections to Sai Samad, the redeemer of all the devotees? Himself an avatar, he yet gave due respect to the Vanzari with his determination, partook of the food, praising his greatness. Similarly, he pointed out how when one insult proffered food by reject, rejecting it, one suffers a loss and went on to show through the story of the learned pundits that no one can become a jnani without a guru. First and foremost, if somebody is offering you food in the, in the mid-afternoon, you should partake of it. Normally, the sages, they don't take anything after the sundown. When the sundown happens, they do not take anything. This is not normally the process followed by them. So, what, so only the afternoon meal has got more value in their world. So, what they do is, if anybody is offering even one small chapati or something like that, they will take it. They won't say no to that. And they will eat, eat that little portion and that will be all. So, they will be satisfied with whatever you offer. But they will al you always should remember this, even if you go to somebody else's house and that person is offering you meal at that particular point in time, you should partake of it. Don't say no. So, so at that point in time, what did he do? He took the meal and then he went to show the story of the learned pundits that no one can become a jnani without a guru. So, understand you can have as much knowledge as you, bookish knowledge as you want. You can learn all the books by heart for all life care. But, if you don't have a guru, there is no way in which your knowledge will fructify. Fructification of the knowledge is very, very essential. It is impossible to gain knowledge about the dharma without instructions from the father, mother and the acharya. And that too depends upon one study. It is futile without the proper rites and ceremonies. Initiation is a must for any action to happen. It is the switch is turned on that initiation is normally required. And then what happens? Even in our world, what happens is we have something which is called our father and our mother teaches us about the worldly life. They will teach us, do this, don't do this, you should behave like this, touch the feet of elders, so on and so forth. I mean, we must have heard all these things. So that happens. Now, when these people, they give you these material worldly instructions, your guru gives you spiritual instructions. And the spiritual instructions are related to your inner being. So, those instructions are completely different from the material worldly things. Okay? So, they may not be the same. So, don't worry about these two, two discrepancies that exist in this world. Sometimes they are there for certain reasons. So, their blessings are absolutely necessary. It is well-known assertion of the Shruti. Always worship your mother, father and Acharya as if they are gods. To obey all these three or to perform yagya, recite the Vedas and to give in charity, all these are the best means to overcome the birth-death cycle. These are all means of purifying the heart. Without them, one cannot get the treasure that is the real self. A life devoid of these is a life wasted. The profound nature of this self, which the body, sense, organs and mind, even the intellect cannot comprehend, is revealed to us only by the grace of the Guru. The self is beyond the five bodies. So, don't get confused that, oh, my inner self, I am talking to my inner self. First, inner self doesn't talk. Alright? The inner self doesn't talk the way you think. Secondly, 
it is not possible to know where the inner self is because it is beyond the five bodies you cannot understand it so don't even try to say oh when i was meditating i saw the inner self okay good for you show me also next time maybe you can take a selfie of that photograph of your own you know maybe carry your i uh, iphone or some uh, samsung with you and take a selfie of the i self sorry there is nothing like the self which you can see the most important part is self is only understood you can experience the self but you cannot see it if somebody says i have seen the self they are idiots there is nothing like seeing the self it's like if somebody says i have seen father in heaven even jesus will say i have not seen now who are you greater than jesus or what so father in heaven is invisible he cannot be seen just the same way krishna the supreme divine consciousness cannot be seen the way you may think about it so for us to actually understand experiences are necessary and the experiences can be given by the guru experiencing the self can be done by the guru the way in which he takes you forward okay where is the testimony of the eyes or the reasoning becomes unacceptable who else but the guru can reveal it to us as effortlessly as the myrobalum and the palm of one's hand so here again he is saying if somebody says i saw the self i saw god with my own eyes there is no god that he has seen because god cannot be seen with your eyes these eyes do not have the capacity of seeing so let us not get into that if somebody says that they have seen god it's an experience experience and the experience cannot be done by a physical body the way we feel okay like i can see you even through an internet i can see you i can feel you i can talk to me i can listen to you you can listen to me that way it is not an internet that you can see god so there is no god internet in the goal of vrindavan or somewhere so there is nothing like that so there only an experience is what you get and that experience can only be understood and only the guru is there who is who can reveal it to us dharma artha kaam the three of the four goals of human life can be attained by making great effort but all effort to attain the fourth that is the moksha the highest goal is futile without the guru's grace In the court of this saint of Shirdi astrologers came to to salute Baba they would predict the future of the physical existence for the great and the wealthy kings and nobles rolling in wealth prosperity and plenty and also the bairagis the gosavis subsisting on arms the detached and the austere they were all eager for Baba's darshan those engrossed in ceaselessly chanting the name and those given to penance and vows the sanyasis the pilgrims and those residing in holy places of pilgrimage the singers and dancers with their retinue they too came to shirdi for darshan the mahars too came to salute sri sai's court saying he alone is our protector who will free us from the futile rounds of birth and death he with the shivlinga round his neck vibhuti smeared on the forehead but his eyes on the arm of undressed corn is a jangam and this spectacle he presents is worth watching now this particular word that is there we will see what the word says over here 
An individual or a particular sect called Lingayat, founded by the religious reformer called Basava in Basava in Karnataka, they follow Shiva and worship the Linga. Incidentally, this particular word, which is called Jangam, came from a village in Maharashtra. It's a very tiny village, and the person, the it was a sage or a saint, or it's called a very great saint, had lived over there. he was particularly connected with one of the avatars and the sect started from there and then it moved towards karnataka and the lingayats that is the caste that is there in karnataka which is basically i think the ruling caste or thing i think that is what it is so they have now taken over that so the villagers of jugglers came here and so also the gondalis to perform gondal gondalis again uh, again there is a misinterpretation over here uh, this gondal means gondal means confusion by the way <laughs> gondal gondal actually means confusion but gondal is a way of like you say something that person says something you say something that fellow says something and it's like a dialogue going on and it is in a sing song manner so it is like a very confused kind of a thing but it creates a very beautiful music think about it you are saying something somebody says something somebody says something somebody says something ding 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 it goes on like that and forms a very beautiful verse and it's a very wonderful way of singing so these people those who sing in this kind of methodology is there the blind the lame the kanfatas yogis followed by nanak ministrels and divate or lime lamp bearers all came running full of love and devotion for samartha sai kanfatas kanfatas are those kan kan means ear fata means broken or torn what they do is they have they what they do over here is they puncture a hole over here and then they put rings over there the kanfatas are one of the sects of gorakhnath you have heard of gorakhnath na nathpantis so kanfatas are nathpantis by by lineage and they tear their ear and they put something over there even most of these african villages you must have seen they make a big and the ear dangles like this no they are also kanfatas in some way so kanfatas are yogis they are of a particular sect which is called kanfatis and nanaks basically you know them ministrels and lamp bearers people who carry the lamp all these are running full of love and devotion for sai samar dugdugis dugdugis means they do like that <laughs> you must have heard of a dugdugi a dugdugi is a drum small drum like that it does sarodes the cripple kolhatin i don't want to keep <laughs> explaining all these words as it is here that this loving vanzari came to at the opportune time blessed blessed is size form poured in the molds of renunciation itself desireless alone without any company selfless and incomparable in his love for his devotees but now in the context of what had gone before let us pick up the threads of the main story and begin the narration please be attentive o listeners baba himself never remained on an empty stomach nor did he allow others to do so one who was fasting can have no peace of mind how can he then attain the spiritual end now 
this is something which you should also know. We all have this. I want. I don't want to eat. When you get angry, you know, you throw your fee meal meal aside and say, "I am not going to eat." That is called another. Another means to. What do you say? Another means respect. Another means to disrespect. Don't ever disrespect a meal because meal doesn't come to a person. You have to really work hard for a meal. By the way, so never do that. Even if you are angry, eat it. Does not matter. There was one very funny incident which happened in my world. Once upon a time, I had gone to this very beautiful temple of Krishna. So when I went over there, I was told that um, I just entered the temple and the person was closing. So I told him, "Sir, can I just sit over here?" He says, "No, you cannot sit over here." <laughs> so then I told him, "I said, um, why are you closing now?" So he says, uh, "Krishna is going to have his meal." So I said, "Oh yes, of course." So I went and had my meal, and I came back. And when I came back, they had just given the bhog, mahabhog, as we call it. Mahabhog means all the food was kept over there. And I had little, uh, what do you call that, um, uh, milk and stuff like that, milk, milk uh, products over there outside. And I went back to the temple. And when I went inside the temple, I was offered a very beautiful meal over there. <laughs> that was after this meal got over. I also got my meal over there, which was a mahaprasad. So many a times it has happened that this. This is a very very important prasad that you should take in the afternoon. If you ever go to any temple and if there is a meal being served, never say no to that. It is very important that you have the meal. Even in the worst of the circumstances, you will say no no no. I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. Sorry, don't go. Have little bit and then go. So this is important. Okay. So don't say that I don't want to have. So, <clears throat> so if a person is fasting, that person can never have peace of mind. So the next time, let us say, for example, there is a big fight in the house or something like that, and the husband or the wife says, "I don't want to have the meal." All that thing is happening. So you sit down over there and feed that person, <laughs> because you know the one whose stomach is full, that person doesn't have any anger left in the body, <laughs> because the anger gets more quantified because of the hydrochloric acid inside the stomach. You understand? There are two things which happen, and this is something which you should always observe. First is your stomach starts gurgling, you know, like with all the acid inside of you. Okay, and the second thing which happens is your tongue is there, no? The back of the tongue becomes completely dry. Notice it when you start getting angry. The back of your tongue starts becoming. There is this. This is a body system. It pulls away the liquid from there. So if you feel yes, you can't say past as <laughs> you start becoming dry at the back. So at that point in time, you you can say to your opponent, you know, the one that you are actually willing to fight your war with, you tell your opponent this thing. Okay, give me one minute. I'll just have a drink of water and come. <laughs> Then we'll start from where we left. You will find that your anger has gone down. because the, the these the water over there gets completely absorbed in the body so that is what you should always remember so food is important eat your food 
<laughs> Don't say no to the food. It is very important to eat the food. Alright, then what happens? <clears throat> At the height of the noon, when the soil turns upside down, in the importance of food becomes clear to the mind. And at such a time, trying time, if the bodily organs do not receive the morsel of food, they become enfeebled and forget to function efficiently. Unless the hunger is appeased with food, how can the eyes find God? How can the tongue sing its praises and the ears hear them? In short, only when all the bodily organs have the strength can God be worshipped properly. But when they become emaciated for want of food, they cannot progress towards the spiritual goal. Emaciated? The one who becomes very thin. Emancipation and emaciation are two separate words. Don't mix them up. Emancipation means reaching the state of enlightenment. <laughs> emaciation means you are becoming thinner. <laughs> it means you have not eaten anything. That can, that can be the reason why. So, in short, only when the bodily organs have the strength can God be worshipped. But when they become emancipated for want of food, they cannot progress towards the spiritual goal. But eating in excess is not beneficial either. You know, eating in excess, what happens after that? The, the stomach, you know, it wants all the energy from your body to digest your food. So, you know, it starts closing down all the other systems in your body. Your eyes will start going like that, closing. <laughs> your other systems go in what is called as a shutdown mode. Why? Because the stomach wants to do its activity of digesting your food. So you will find that after a very heavy meal, you feel like sleeping. Okay? That is the reason. So, so eating in moderation is what benefits truly. Fasting immoderately always brings on the great sufferings. A lady once came to Shirdi with great enthusiasm for Sai's Darshan and was armed with a letter to Kelkar. There is a very beautiful story of Buddha. Now, Buddha, he, no, no doubt he used to go, you know that uh, uh, Karvanti, what do you call Karvanti means, uh, the Naryal, Naryalka, huh? okay, the one which, from which everything has been removed, okay, you take that and you go. So, yeah, coconut shell, half, half coconut shell. So, Buddha's, Buddha's uh, that uh, bowl, that what, what we call the begging bowl was so small, tiny, okay. And he would go out, so begging for food. Now, in their world, four houses is what they could knock on. So, he would beg for food and anything that came in fitted into that, he would take and go. One day, uh, Buddha was a tall person, by the way. He was very tall. And he was quite well built and all that. No doubt about it. Now, Buddha is always seen as a very thin person. No, he was quite okay. So, now the thing which happened was one day, there was one disciple with him and he asked him, Oh, you are carrying such a small ball. See, look at mine. It is so big. So, Buddha looks at him and says, This is the size of my stomach. And I think this is enough for me to eat. <laughs> See, what we do is the size of our stomach may be so much, but we want to eat so much. So, this is what you should avoid. Don't eat in excess. It's not going to work. So, now we will think about what happened to this lady. A lady who had made a firm resolve in her mind 
to sit at maharaj's feet observe a fast for 3 days ultimately she had to keep her resolve to herself according to baba's usual practice he who wants to tread on the spiritual path should first make sure of his bread but the lady's resolve ran to the contrary he who wishes to meet god should first eat food for unless the mind is content how can god be discovered so if somebody says that i want to sit i want to do upvas and i want to sit over here and i want to meet god god will not be visible first and foremost your 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 battery is becoming very dim you know that no already you can't even see your own eyes for 3 days if you sit like that what is going to happen to you fully dim ever ready battery becomes never ready battery what so so that is what happens so he who wishes to meet god should first eat food for unless the mind is content how can god be discovered never is it possible even to the end of time that god can be reached on a hungry stomach so don't try and as for sai he should never permit the state of fact state of fast etc maharaj intuitively knew everything already on the previous day and had said to dada kelkar now on a festive occasion like this shimga shimga means holy festival holy you just went no with my children go will my children go hungry how will i allow it why am i here then no sooner had these words come from sai's mouth that this lady arrived at shirdi the very next day her surname was gokhale and as mentioned above she had made a resolve in her mind she deposited her bundle at dada's place and having given him the letter she carried kashi bai kanetkar being a relation of dada had given the letter requesting him to arrange for the lady to have baba's darshan the lady arrived in shirdi and at once went for baba's darshan having had the darshan she had hardly rested for a moment when baba began instructing her whatever the innermost thought in anybody's body mind sai nath knew them all there is nothing on this earth that he does not know food and the one who eats it are both forms of lord vishnu this is in the vishnu sahasra naam stotra number 205 that is you know vishnu sahasra naam 205th name of vishnu is that fasting and taking nirlep food remaining without food and even without water why all these futile botherations so you you need to have food come whatever may never give up food like that and say you know i want to sit here because of this reason and where is the need for us to fast so said baba to this lady all on his own see the the sanyasis or the yogis who take up fasting for many many days at stretch they are actually torturing their body nobody has ever told you to fast the fasting which a woman also does for that karwa chauth and god knows all those festivals it is a sham actually it's a sham see during during the lent also or during the festival of ramadan also people do fasting but have you seen the amount of food that they eat once the sundown happens when the moon rises you see the whole street is filled with food 
and the amount of food over there people gorge on it why because you are let your body starve for quite some time so naturally the food that you are going to eat will be double and that the body cannot handle it so you should always be careful when you are going in for fasting don't do this kind of fastings do moderate fasting if you want okay that means in our world moderate fasting means just eat some curd rice or something something which is okay you know that which will cool down your body that which will not give you that much amount of trouble all right that kind you can definitely do go to the house of dada bhat kelkar and happily make the puran polis feed them to his children and eat them yourself or oh, did i miss out a page or something yes feed them to the children and eat them yourself to your heart's content interestingly the festival was that of shimga that is holi and by a strange coincidence the lady had arrived on the very day that dada's wife was unable to touch anything due to menses the lady's enthusiasm for fasting melted away instead she had to cook a meal but she obeyed baba's command very lovingly bowing bowing reverentially at baba's feet she then went to dada's house and cooked the feast with puran polis which she served everyone and also ate herself what a fascinating story indeed what a summing up of the deep significance it carries once you repose such steadfast faith in the guru's words can your upliftment be far behind now you will wonder why this kind of funny thing happens you will find that dada's wife was having a problem she cannot go and cook sometimes it so happens that the divine creates this kind of situations because there is a certain need for the situation to happen what the deeper significance of it can only be understood by those who are going through it so you will find that this lady she had to cook if you don't cook who is going to feed those people so see the whole significance of it how it will fall in place so you will always find that the whole situation develops exactly in the manner it is supposed to so never question the reasons what a fascinating story indeed what a summing up of deep significance it carries once you repose such steadfast faith in the guru's words can your upliftment be far behind Sai Samarth also remembered another similar story which he narrated to all his devotees very lovingly. Listen to it very carefully, O listeners. He who aspires to spiritual progress has to make arduous efforts. This line is very important. If you say no, 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 I am the I am the son of father. Okay, son of God. Okay, tomorrow I will become realized. I'm sorry, you don't understand. even son of god had to disappear for 14 years 14 baras ka unko bhi vanvas hua tha malum hai he disappeared at the age of 14 and came back at the age of 28 where do you think he went for those 14 years have you not noticed that most of these people have to go for 14 years vanvas so that is what it is so everybody has to go through 14 years i was asked this question why 14 years what is so special about 14 years the first 7 years is you know you know that sade sati and stuff like that i am sure you must have heard in that the saturn 7 years and all that no this has nothing to do with that the 7 years basically is the 7 layers of earthly bound soul that you have to overcome first earth bound you are bound by the earth 
so the first seven years are actually very very easy and good okay the first seven years are very nice you get all things to eat you enjoy your life everything goes fine and slowly slowly the the the, the thing starts going down 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 the next seven years are the most you get roasted and toasted over there in the next seven years of your life so first seven years are very easy the next seven years are extremely tough and then we have still another one seven more years to go that nobody will tell you so the second part is basically you are overcoming first is overcoming the body second is overcoming the evil tendencies third is overcoming the good tendencies so the first seven years is overcoming the body second is overcoming the evil tendencies and the third is overcoming the good tendencies because if you don't overcome the good tendencies you you will either land in heaven some place okay so you know you have to enjoy for as many years as you want to go to heaven but that is the worst part in life that you can do so overcoming these three you will be able to go towards your spiritual growth and this always happens by the way so he who aspires for spiritual progress has to make arduous efforts be prepared for a deep sadhana and also needs a little venture what does that means you have to show that you can do some some things this nectar of good stories washed out from the saint's feet should always be taken from one's own good once you surrender humbly at the feet of a saint the heart will become purified once when i was small sitting stinting in my own needs i set out in search of a job for my livelihood as i walked i came to birgaum and while i rested for a while but my fakir had a different plan for me which brought me a great happiness there i secured a job of doing jari work i worked untiringly and all my toil came to fruition such is the power of the fakir there were four other boys employed before me and much acclaim for their skill they too were working there and their work was assessed on com- completion one had put in work worth 50 another worth 100 the third one worth 150 but my work was worth double their amount seeing my skill my employer was very pleased and being fond of me praised me highly he presented me with a dress consisting of a turban over the head and a shela to take over the body but the moment it was given i just tied it up in a bundle and put it away how can that suffice which somebody gives you however much it is it is always inadequate but when god gives something it has no end even to the end of time what my master gives me is real giving how can anyone else compare with it ever how can the limited lend distinction to the boundless my master says take or take this away everyone says give give only to me material things but no one heeds my words no one listens to me attentively now here you 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 will be a little bit confused to know that who is this person who is going and working in a jari factory in birgaum bid is a district by the way in maharashtra now baba was born in a hindu family born in a hindu family by the blessing of a peer peer is a saint now there was this old lady and and a young uh, there was this old uh, couple and uh, one day and they never had any children so one day this fakir had come to their house 
and when this fakir had come to their house they asked him for his blessings and the fakir said see i will give you all a child but i will come in two years and i'll take him away is that okay with you so the lady agreed to it and said yes i will be happy if i have a child and she had a child okay in the third year the fakir turns up that means two years the boy has grown up isn't it the fakir turns up and says now lady you have to give me my child back lady says no i will not give you this child back so the fakir says see you had you are you see i had you have taken this promise that you are going to give it to me so she says you know i am so much attached to my child i cannot give it to you so what he does he says okay okay i'll give you another extension of two more years <laughs> extension visa come <laughs> so he gives another two more years of extension he says after four years see again i am going to come and if i come no when he is four years old i will take him away so he comes back in the end of the fourth year and he demands for the child at that time her husband tells her see you had promised now you cannot do that you have to give him the child though sai baba was born in a hindu family of muslim parentage because the fakir remember the fakir was a muslim the in the peer comes and takes him away and then trains him for another 10 more years 10 years and that is the time he goes to this place called birgaon now this story is hardly known so i'm just giving you so that you get an idea of who is this person that they are talking about so baba used to go from place to place learning the quran because he is a peer baba so he used to teach him the quran every single day finally he is found in that place you remember in shirdi under the tree they see this young boy who is sitting 14 years old under the tree they ask him oh who are you and then he says my my guru is sitting under that in that place and that's how they dig that place up and then they find find those lamp burning over there with that you know if you have ever seen how the quran is read you know they have this like this kind of thing okay i don't know what it is called but they open it this way and then they keep the book and then they read it so baba has been reading quran all his childhood and his life and the second part where he goes into the jungle see he goes away from shirdi then he has to meet his hindu the person whom he meets is samarth swami samarth akalkot maharaj and he is the one who puts him upside down <laughs> so this is the continuation in the story and this is how he has got a hindu as well as a muslim gurus so you will find that both this he knows and that is the reason why he is gone to this bead village where he does the jari ka kaam jari you know jari is uh, comes from a place called uh, surat surat is in gujarat and this jari is woven in the form of very fine threads so the more amount of gold in it the costlier the jari there are some four or five threads in it so if you turn the jari reverse order you will find those those polyester threads will come out you must have seen that right so that is the original jari which may have two threads three threads or four threads of silver or gold 
ओरिजिनल जरी यूज टू बी प्योर गोल्ड और प्योर सिल्वर बट नाउ डेज गोल्ड सिल्वर इन जरी वेरी डाउटफुल सो दिस इज वॉट हैपन्स एंड दिस इज हाउ द ही गेट्स दैट मनी ओवर दे ऑल राइट सो नाउ लिसनिंग टू दिस लाइन एनीबडी गिव्स एनी मनी that money is of no use believe me that is material worldly money it comes and it goes it comes and it goes have you ever tried to match your books if you are earning 1000 your expenses will be 1200 so you will wonder baki ka 200 kidhar se aaya bola last month mein saving ki <laughs> so in our material world our balancing of books is very difficult but what the guru offers you is not money the way you look at it he offers you knowledge which is immense immense quantity it's a huge quantity of knowledge is offered which cannot be measured and cannot be getting less you know why the more you give the more it grows you see the formula works this way in our material world the more you give say let us say you have money you give it becomes lesser by the day but in the spiritual world the more you give the more it grows so this is how it works so what guru gives you it grows multifolds in you when you do the sadhana so his treasure is overflowing but no one cares to bring the carts nobody will dig when asked to do so no one bothers to make the effort so his treasure is overflowing is overflowing with what knowledge this knowledge is endless knowledge he will not tell you there is so much of money there there is no money with guru he will say you want i can give you ample knowledge as much as you want but you should go with whatever that you can to go and take it from him there is a story where you know sukhdev goswami sukhdev goswami you remember we are doing it in the bhagavatam So Sukhdev Goswami goes to this ocean, the ocean, and uh, when he is asked, "How much knowledge do you want from here?" he says, "I have come with nothing. I just have my two hands. That is all that I am going to take with me." So you can be like that also, but if you want, you can take an entire truckload of it if you want. So depending on how much capacity is, you can take that. and what or after all is our fate his treasury is overflowing but no one cares to bring the cards nobody will dig when asked to do so nobody will dig when asked to do so every time i have to say you know do you have any questions i'm asking you to get that fawda you know that digging implement and dig for more dig 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 for more you should dig for more remember that story where uh, ram krishna ji says you know go ahead go to the jungle go ahead go ahead go ahead first you will find the silver mine then the gold mine then the diamond mine so on and so forth so the more you go ahead the more you will strike so that is what he means so always question does not matter it may be the stupidest of the questions really does not matter No one bothers to make the effort. I say, dig for the wealth and carry it away by the cartloads. Only he will collect the treasure who is truly his mother's son, Michael Lal. <laughs> They say in the Hindi movie, no Michael Lal will come, so you take it. 
<laughs> so something like that the guru is also saying the same thing and what after all is our fate dust will return to dust the wind to the wind and this opportunity once lost will never come back again however the skill of my fakir the leela of my bhagwan the harmonious consistency of my master is something quite different quite unique i to go somewhere sometimes i go and sit down at the same place but the mind is caught up in the bewilderment of maya and suffers a dip or a plunge when does the mind come there is no way of knowing please understand you may be sitting under a tree you may be in bodh gaya you may be sitting under the bodhi tree okay finally when you get up from there you will you will call it a you know buddhu tree instead of bodhi tree why because you have got nothing over there on the contrary you may be sitting under the tree and thinking mera train ka timing hoga abhi mere ko train ja ke pakadne ka i think about it this is what we are going to sit and do over there under the tree all your knowledge bodhi becomes buddhu <laughs> nothing remains zero remains so this is that is what is called maya maya comes in the form of a mind and she comes and disturbs you and she will take your mind away to some place where you don't even know where you <laughs> where you are so <clears throat> this maya is very difficult to overcome and has reduced me to in a piteous condition day and night i keep thinking of my own people as you sow so you reap he who bears in mind the words i have uttered will enjoy priceless happiness this second last line which he says he is saying it to his devotees who are sitting over there he says maya comes even if you are sitting over here in a congregation maya can come any minute she will come and she will disturb you and immediately you will say acha abhi time ho gaya abhi jaane ka hai something like that something will happen so you be careful so you need to overcome it so remember what you sow is what you reap isn't it so if you are going to think only about the worldly matters then you are going to think only of the worldly stuff and you are going to get only that but if you think in terms of the divine then you are going to get the divine So he who bears in mind the words I have uttered will enjoy priceless happiness. Hemat surrenders to Sai. The narration of this story has been unique. When Sai himself gives it down, my ego pales before it. It is he who is the narrator of this tale. He is the reader and he the listener. He alone is the writer and the impelling force behind the writing of it. And it is he alone who explains the significance. Sai is the main character in the story, and he is the sweetness in it. He himself brings the becomes the listener and the speaker, and the enjoyer of the bliss is also none other than he. How can the sweetness of such listening ever prove adequate for spiritual progress? Truly fortunate are the devotees who enjoy this happiness. Now, as for the essence of the next chapter, which is the great power of Sai Zudi, I entreat my listeners to listen to it respectfully. Hemar Hamli says the mood by kindness. Sai Samarth himself has got his own such charitra written through me, the sweetness of which is unique. Will be to all. Here ends the thirty-second chapter of Sai Sri Sai Samarth such charitra called the greatness of the Guru, as inspired by the saints and the virtuous, and composed by the devotee Hemar Pant. So we have finished the chapter. Now, uh, if there is any questions, I can take.